Welcome to Firefighting in Canada, the podcast brought to you by Draeger. Draeger products protect, support and save lives. Firefighting equipment you can trust. You've tuned in for compelling conversation on hot topics impacting Canada's fire service. I'm Hope BC's Fire Chief Tom DeSorcy and joining me today is Fire Chief Vince McKenzie of Grand Falls, Windsor, Newfoundland and Labrador. Chief McKenzie and I share writing duties as the Volunteer Vision columnist for Firefighting in Canada. Today we'll be talking about the big issues affecting volunteer fire departments, such as recruitment, retention, and succession, among others. Vince, we sat down for Firefighting in Canada mm-hmm. back in, what was it, 2012? 2012, yeah. And we were on video and being asked questions a lot along the same lines as what we're talking about today. Really, in the last number of years, in, in those categories, we'll delve into them a little bit deeper, nothing has really changed. I mean, recruitment can be an issue, or is that the right word for volunteer fire departments? Well, I think uh, recruitment, retention, volunteer firefighters, uh, some will refer to it as a challenge or a problem. I like to refer to it as a process. I think recruitment and retention is a process that we as fire service leaders have to uh, learn and understand the, uh, uh, the complex issues surrounding uh, recruitment and retention. And when you talk about the Canadian Fire Service, as vast as it is with the thousands of firefighters and uh, hundreds and thousands of fire departments, um, it really reflects on the demographics and the local conditions, which are the biggest factor in recruiting and retaining firefighters. The other side of the coin is the fire department themselves. Uh, like Some fire departments market themselves very well. Uh, and every fire department markets themselves whether they want to or not because in today's world of social media uh, we see uh, fire departments that are, are good, we see fire departments that are not so good, uh, we see issues surrounding fire departments and their public image and then on top of that there is the issue of uh, in our advocacy uh, for, uh, for, for the challenges around the fire service, for example mental health of first responders is something that has really come to the forefront in the last uh, two or three years. Well, what is that actually doing to our message when we're recruiting people and saying, hey, you know, why, why don't you join the fire department? And I had a person say to me in a grocery store not long ago, I, I'm not, I don't want to join the fire department because I don't want to get PTSD because all you guys get PTSD as first responders. So that definitely has a, uh, an impact on our recruiting and retention efforts as well. So as we all know, uh, all firefighters don't get PTSD. As a matter of fact, uh, a lot of them don't. But everybody, including firefighters and all first responders, will experience mental health crises in their life. And that could be anything from a family crisis to what we get called for. So then the reason that people join the fire service hasn't really changed in terms of helping out, but maybe their apprehension of joining has certainly had some things add to it. Well, you've got to look at a person's individual motivation, why, why they want to join the fire department uh, and be a firefighter or a first responder. And uh, we all have our own reasons, but I think it always boils down to a common denominator in that uh, as human beings, as caring human beings in society, we want to contribute to our community and help protect our family and our loved ones and our community. And that's the, uh, that's the honorable thing to be saying, uh, of course, but as we all know, there's 
there's people's individual uh, desires uh, and uh, ambitions and adventures that they want to take on and a lot of people will find the fire service as uh, as a avenue that actually uh, satisfies that uh, that craving and uh, of course you and I both know we've mm -hmm. been around a long time that the fire service can get pretty addictive as well uh, you know we're doing good things uh, for the most part we 95% of the time you feel like you're doing good things and uh, it becomes a calling or a or a you know a profession if you will and uh, so that's what motivates firefighters so uh, the issue about recruitment uh, I don't think there is the magic pill to give everybody to say okay here you are now you're going to be a firefighter mm -hmm. it's a, definitely a process so that's why I say recruitment retention of firefighters is not a problem it's not a challenge it's a process and it's a process that we have to learn even when it comes to people retiring out of the fire service, that's something we had to plan for and know it's going to happen mm -hmm. and prepare for. And again, it's just another process that has to be learned. I think, you know, in terms of like my department, for example, where, you know, recruitment has always been to me, maybe, maybe it's the wrong word. Recruitment to me is going out and finding people. I think as part of the process is how you deal with those people that are coming to you and wanting to be part of the fire department. Is that still recruitment? The, you're bringing them into the department, you're putting out a call for anybody that wants to come, but then of course you're not necessarily selling the department to people, you're being there to accept them and take them in when they want to make application and be a part of it, and then answering their questions on the issues of of mental wellness mm -hmm. and those things that come along. I mean, let's go back, like you and I spoke the, the last time we did this, we talked about the day when people would come up to the fire hall and walk in and join the fire department. Exactly. Simple as that. No questions asked. No questions asked. Um, no concern for what was going to be seen or done mm -hmm. uh, at a fire and uh, certainly no question as to uh, what I had to do to stay involved, be involved and be trained and, and that kind of thing. It was just joining a service club in the community. Right. That, that, that's long gone. That is long gone and uh, even, even so more, more nowadays uh, we have issues like WorkSafe or occupational health and safety. We have issues around uh, the security of our people and uh, the vulnerability in sector checks and the criminal code checks and the medical checks that, uh, you know, is more and more every, every year and it should be uh, because, you know, 20, 30 years ago you literally walked into a fire station and said, I want to join and that night the chief gave you a pager and the next thing you know you're riding the back of a truck with absolutely no training. Mm -hmm. But now, now and literally on the back of the truck. Literally on the back of the truck as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, from a safety perspective, when we stop to think about that, you know, what liabilities were involved, mm -hmm. and surely people got hurt. But there wasn't the the aspect of legal action or anything now as well. And so we've come a long way in society and in regulation and in, in standards that you know firefighters that we've learned over the years that firefighters it's a risky job and you had to be properly trained and as leaders as fire service leaders we have to ensure to the best of our ability that our firefighters are trained uh, to protect themselves both physically and now mentally as well you know and then on top of that of course is the training to prepare a firefighter for uh, for the job at hand mm -hmm. and again mm -hmm. we're talking back in that era it was only firefighting but now it's firefighting, it's medical, it's, it's highway rescue, it's uh, uh, technical rescue and marine, you know, uh, marine swimmers, everything, you know. So mm -hmm. it's, uh, uh, and the fire department has become very, very vast in, in the demand that it fulfills from, 
from the community. It, it makes me think quite often that, you know, you wonder what you've left behind. You think back to the, the 30 years ago, uh, 35 years ago when I joined the fire department, much like yourself, when you look back and see that, uh, you know, those older members that uh, in most cases are no longer with us, that, uh, that what they were feeling mentally and such, was that ever having an impact on them? I'm sure it did, and if you look back, uh, you, again, just look back at the fire service, you don't have to look back very far. Five, ten years, you know, some of the stuff we were doing is considered primitive to what we are now doing today. And, uh, and again, as you go across the country and see the different sizes and shapes of fire departments and sizes and shapes of municipalities and the demographics throughout coast to coast and north and south, um, there are still some fire services that are still that primitive mm -hmm. uh, because, uh, well, number one, the demand from the community is probably not there. They don't get the calls and the demand for service is not mm -hmm. there. Uh, but then on the other side of the spectrum, there are, I'm sure, sure fire departments that are well advanced and, and are leading what they're doing, but that's probably not sustainable for every fire department in Canada. So it's, mm -hmm. it's in direct proportion to the size of the community. Then on top of that, we have the issue around the types of uh, people that actually join uh, fire departments mm -hmm. now, and I refer to the, what, we, what we talk about now is the generational gap in the fire service. You know, the and it's not only fire service; it's the business world, and we all know that the people that have come through our doors now at 18 and 19 and 20 years old are what we call millennials, right? And uh, you know, the, uh, the society has. Uh, peg those uh, uh, that generation as uh, you know uh, more very smart, very intellectual, um, but they're coaching the co the way we coach and teach uh, those generation is a challenge for the older generations because there is such a generational gap because of the communications technologies that are around now. So we will often hear, you know, an older firefighter say, well, you know, the younger generation don't care or the younger generation don't have the work ethic. And I disagree totally. I think the younger generation is going to be awesome for the fire service because the younger generation actually has a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, knowledge, number one, you know, technically, but they also care about causes. You know, the younger generation now get behind causes. Uh, more so than we did uh, way back when because it was just more of a physical mm -hmm. type of nature of the job that we did. So, you know, that, but again, that's another, uh, another equation in the, in, the, in, the, in the challenge of recruitment and retention of firefighters. Mm -hmm. So basically what I'm saying is that in order for a fire chief today to understand recruitment and retention, they basically had to understand everything from the generational gap to leadership qualities to the demographics of their uh, individual community, the department, uh, the cultures within their own community, and you know, we had to ca cater to the cultures as well. And uh, it has to be an inclusive uh, fire service. I think that's very important that we, uh, because one time if you think about it, you know, again, we, I'm talking back 20 years ago, there wasn't a lot of female firefighters in the world. So I think that's very important mm -hmm. that, we, uh, that we learn that, uh, you know, firefighting is for everybody. You talk about, you know, the demand for service in a community. Is that, and in my opinion, I mean, there's a demand, but there's also 
an expectation more and more uh, of service because as communities change, certainly in my community, in, in Hope, where we have a, a small town that's been that way for many years that's growing mm -hmm. because we are outside of Vancouver only by an hour and a half, two hours with, a, with a, a demographic that's starting to move east into the area and uh, coming into a community, coming from a community where they had a great level of service in terms of fire and all, uh, all sorts of emergency protection, whereas it's evolved volunteer world mm -hmm. that doesn't change anything no. they're expecting the same service and I think the same service would be provided and shall be provided uh, but again uh, the challenge is on the volunteer world when somebody else has another career on top of being a firefighter but the other the advantage to that is is that normally the firefighters who are volunteers that have other careers well they bring their skill set from their other careers into the fire service as well so the demand that we see from the public and what they expect, you know, of course there's a lot of TV shows. They see social media all the time now of larger city fire departments or, you know, the, the Hollywood or the movies of the, of, you know, the heroic acts of firefighters. And we all know in the real mm -hmm. world that's not the way it is. It's, uh, it's, uh, um, it's very hard. It's, uh, it's a type of a profession that... Uh, uh, takes a toll on everybody, uh, both physically and mentally. So, uh, the expectation from the public is high because it's the Hollywood uh, style of uh, what they expect. And of course, they see. Mm -hmm. Also, when you're in rural Canada and you pick up the phone and dial nine one one, you expect a fire truck at the door within two to three minutes. Well. It could theoretically be a 15-minute drive just from the fire station to your door. So, mm -hmm. and of course, then it's the the, the volunteers that uh, are responding from their place of work or their home to to mm -hmm. provide that service. And it get it gets back to uh, again the level of expectation of not only the public, but also of the fire volunteer firefighter themselves. I, I really cringe when somebody says, "Hey, I'm just a volunteer," you know. But uh, we're all professional in what we need to do. Uh, the fire doesn't burn any different in my community as it does in yours or right. in New York City or in Ottawa. Uh, so it still requires the same skill set. So, uh, you know, we're, we're basically, I like to use the term professional volunteers. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I often think that, and you say the process of a recruitment, and we talk about the, the other R word, which of course is retention. And, uh, you know, we've offered a, a, a good quality uh, organization, at least uh, most of us in, in, the, in, the, in the service, that uh, sort of does its best work to retain people mm -hmm. because of the gratification they get from going out and helping their community. In, in terms of generations, you know, has that new generation embraced the uh, the the real want to be a part of the uh, of that of that service and and being helping the community? I think they do, but uh, what I think the difference is nowadays is that the new newer generation, people don't volunteer for twenty years anymore. No, they want a start period and a finish period. I'm going to come in and do my five years or my ten years mm -hmm. or whatever, and I see that a lot now. They reach mm -hmm. that milestone and they want out. And exactly. Uh, and that could be for a number of reasons. There could be anything from the, the workload to you know issues at home. Our, our, our home life is completely different than it was, you know, again, a generation ago. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, I, I think you'll see the, the volunteers that stay for 20 or 30 years after this generation 
uh, may be limited mm -hmm. because everybody's looking for early retirement and everything they do. Everybody multitasks now. There's a lot of work now. You're not looking for something to do every day. There's, mm -hmm. there's a multitude of things to do. And, of course, the fire service can certainly get in the way of that. I think that, you know, as more and more, you say the volunteer has changed. And in all, in all aspects, the volunteer has changed. We've also changed the way we deal with volunteers in terms of, you say, criminal records checks and those mm -hmm. things that we do to... Uh, protect us right. as much as we do or the work to protect the community. So right. retention being the, the, the R word of the day, and you talked about lean in the other one as well, but keeping people on board, it may even be harder if they only want to be there for that five years and you, not, you don't have them for that long term. The volunteer uh, nowadays, I, I think it, it's, it's going to be like that. you said the volunteer has changed. Mm -hmm. The volunteer is going to continue to change. Absolutely. And in five years' time, we'll be talking about something else, uh, you know, another topic. So um, the job of the leadership of Canada's fire service now is to ensure that they keep abreast of uh, the trends, the technologies, the, the uh, demographics, the community need. And, you know, uh, uh, sculpt the fire service in their community to answer the community's needs. And also not to take on too much because, you know, it might be noble to take on a lot of different tasks or different jobs or, or different, uh, uh, like I say, move into another form of rescue services or another form of service to the community. But we had to be very mindful that, uh, you know, we're, we're going to end up tasking our people. Mm -hmm. And it's easy to say that we could take on the task, but nowadays we've got to ensure that we're properly trained mm -hmm. for safety and liability as well. And at the end of the day, to make sure that everybody goes home. What is the next level of service is the question. Uh, you know, there was that time back in the day that fire departments didn't do medical calls, for example, and all of a sudden that sort of became the norm. We can't anticipate what that next level of service will be or what other task we'll be, uh, we'll be performing. I think we're going to see more. Of course, just look at the generations we have mm -hmm. now. We have an aging generation uh, who are the, the larger sector now. So they're going to require a lot of medical services. They're going to require a lot of fire services. They're going to require a lot of uh, uh, service from the younger folk in their community because they, you know, the families are smaller nowadays as well. Mm -hmm. So the challenges are going to continue to mount. Uh, we'll solve one challenge only to have another one emerge. And, but if you really think about it, well, Tom, that's the way it's always been for 100 years. You know, mm -hmm. we've, we've emerged from the way that buildings burned in the 40s to the 60s and then to hazmat and then to everything that we see as society mm -hmm. progresses with technology. And uh, so the fire service, will, will keep, I'm sure it will keep pace. The biggest thing that fire service leaders got to remember is that they need to continually educate themselves always. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a longtime fire, fire, a fire chief, and you are as well, and we're here now at a training conference to, mm -hmm. to relearn stuff. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and that's what I always say. You, you learn stuff, then we got to unlearn it and then relearn it because we got to stay current. If not, you know, we, we, that's right. we, don't, we do our community a disservice. Are we doing enough, do you think? You know, I look at in terms of the next generation that are coming in after us, behind us, and are we doing enough for that that succession? You know, the fire chiefs, uh, the volunteers may not be there for the next 20 years, but the people that are already there for 20 years plus, like ourselves, what's the next, uh, who's coming in behind? And where's that experience that's going to replace people like you and I and the, the ones around us? 
Well, some of that experience, you know, is obsolete as well. Mm -hmm. So I've, I've got to know what experience I have, the stuff that I learned 30 years ago that no, is no longer applicable. But then there's the other side of that is the experience that I do have from way back to know what happens when something, something goes wrong. Uh, that we've got to be able to uh, transfer over to the new generation. And again, that's only through training, that's only through coaching. Um, it's, uh, it's a visual world, so it's, uh, people have short memories and a tendency not to remember what happened just five years ago when, when, when they did something. So, But yeah, there's, uh, you know, the transfer of knowledge from the older generation mm -hmm. to the younger generation, again, recognizing those barriers now in the generational gap. When you know, uh, you know, the older folk don't even want to talk to the younger folk, and mm -hmm. younger folk dismiss the older folk. So we've we've got to learn that soft skill of leadership of uh, knowing what the generational gaps and characteristics are, are going to be, so that we can then tailor that to uh, to include uh, our training in the fire service and make it more effective. You can teach skills, but you can't teach experience. Uh, it's very hard to to give people something that you can only earn over time. Right, and, and I compare it to when you teach skills and you have a firefighter that's very skilled, but it takes the, the experience to know when to apply those skills at the proper time mm -hmm. in the proper manner and which one to select over the other. So, uh, and again, it's the million dollar question. It's the, it's, it'll always be a challenge. It'll, it's a journey, not a destination. And it's just something we in the fire service got to keep doing. The fire service, at least the volunteer portion of it, that 85% of it in Canada, I think it's doing well and I think it's going to continue to do well. As people say, it's going to get harder, but I think that it's going to be a lot of quality over quantity like most of us are facing. I agree, quality over quantity, which means there's probably going to be less fire departments doing more. And I think less is more, and I've said that for years, especially in my own province. Uh, regional fire services, the joining together of resources, and not only just in trucks and equipment, but in personnel and also in experience is very, very important. Mm -hmm. There's gonna be a definite need for quality fire service leaders that have the knowledge, not just of firefighting and rescue, and, but they're also gonna to have to need to know about people, about psychology, they're gonna to need to know about demographics and politics. So it's, uh, and also the fire service leaders that you see emerging now are those people who, have the people skills. And people skills are very important in no matter what profession you have and the fire service is no different. The toughest part, we always talk about that other R and that would be the, the retirement sector. Is that, and I, I hate to use the problem, the word problem, but is, is, is that always going to be an issue? Or as you say, is people not staying as long that that will sort of go away in, in the years to come? I think the challenge is twofold. There are people who are not staying as long, uh, good qualified people that have been around 10 years and then they're tired, they, they want a break. And then we have some people that stick around too long. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and which is fine as long as they're continuing to be educated. But we have the fire service, of course, uh, people stick around for a long time because the field are so needed because there are nobody coming behind them. So therefore uh, they feel the need to stay in the department. And then once, once that motivation is gone to stay for the reason of just you know being a firefighter and doing what you're doing but if you feel you're needed all the time well then my experience has been you'll see those you know those firefighters that will discontinue training just go up by their experience and therefore you know uh, today's firefighting world uh, is completely different fires behave differently and all that we've heard about over the years uh, 
it is still very applicable. So retirement is a process as well that a fire department has to uh, look at, uh, take a conscious uh, strategy towards that. And, uh, and uh, but again, what is the answer? I don't have the answer. There's no cookie cutter approach to any of it. Again, it goes back to the local knowledge uh, and the no local experience, the demographics, the whole, the whole kit and caboodle. If either of you had the answer, we'd be in different lines of work. We'd be very rich. <laughs> yeah. We would be. Uh, thank you, my friend, uh, Chief McKenzie. Thank you for your time and uh, your great insight today. Thank you very much. And thank you for joining us at Firefighting in Canada, the podcast brought to you by Draeger. Draeger products protect, support, and save lives. Firefighting equipment you can trust. Visit firefightingincanada.com and click on Hot Topics for more episodes.